Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is John Fields. John, how are you doing this Sunday morning? Not too bad, man. A little tired after a bit of a late night down uh, in Dallas at the SMU Stadium, but uh, excited to be here and get to talk some football. Yeah, yeah. You had that that long trip to SMU that I've made a few times. It's always uh Always fun. Uh, North Texas knows that trip well as well. Um, they took the trip to Dallas and put up a good fight against SMU, but the final score was uh, the Mustangs pulling it out 35 to 12 against North Texas, dropping the Mean Green to one and one, one and one on the year and kickstarting this uh, tough stretch of games for the Mean Green. But there's a lot of takeaways we have, and let's get into them. Uh, I watched the game. Yesterday, last night, into this morning, um, there's there's a lot of different ways to go. I do you have one place you want to start, or or how do you want to go go first? I mean, I guess you really have to start with the offense, right? Uh, because coming into this game, I mean, all the expectations it seemed like you know we're gonna have another high scoring game. It was 65-35 last year. I think the teams combined average like sixty five points every time they meet. Yeah. But it was just a completely different story out there. I mean, 7-6 at halftime was certainly not the score I was expecting no. to see. And, uh, you know, the offense had its opportunities and just wasn't really able to, you know, get all the way through and punch it home when it needed to. I mean, settling for two really short field goals. I think there were 19 and 22 yarders there in the first half. I mean, you, you had a feeling at that point that those missed opportunities were going to come back to bite them at some point. And, Sure enough, SMU found its footing on offense in the second half. And I mean, that was really the story to me was just the offense not being able to finish drives. Yeah, the, those first two drives where they kicked field goals, basically what, the five-yard line, three, four-yard line? It was very yeah. close field goals. Um, those, when I saw those, and obviously I watched the game after I knew the result, but I also um, – just know this team and know Coach Luttrell and know this, albeit the defense played great, but you just, you're going up against an offense that is, might be the best, second best offense they play all season. Like it might, it, it probably would be the best offense in Conference USA. Um, they were picked third to finish in the American because of this offense, because of Tandem Mordecai, because of, um, Cal, I, I can't say the tight end's name, Calcata, Calcata. However you say it, Calcaterra, uh, something Calcaterra, like that. there you go. You got it. Uh, Calcaterra, Gray, Rice. I mean, Ro- Robertson. Um, this offense is way too good to be kicking field goals inside the five. And that was when I was like, all right. Like the first one, I might be able to give you a little bit of leeway on because you want to get the lead, get some momentum. I'm like, okay, maybe I can see that. The second one was just befuddling to me I just couldn't couldn't really understand that and sure enough they go up 6-0 but what does it matter when SMU just boom breaks one play and gets the lead just like that and so then you're playing from behind at that point and offensively I was extremely disappointed uh but it was weird because I didn't think that they played like a horrible game they put up over 500 yards. I read your recap. Like, obviously, I, 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 the game finished. I finished the LSU game. I go over, read your recap, and they put up over 500 yards and scored 12 points. I 
I'll have to look that up. I don't know if that when how many times that's ever happened, like in college football. Like that's just an insane, insane statistic to me. No, it's, I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And you look at it coming into the game, we were looking for more out of some of the wideouts outside of Burns. You get another huge name from Roderick Burns, who, I mean, to me this year, he's looking like this year's Mike Lawrence, maybe, I mean, not quite this year's Jalen Darden, but that just really potent threat out of the slot. And you get 100 yards from Jair Shorter as well, who stepped up in a big way after not having any catches in game one. Get some solid production out of Pirtle again, but um, really, I mean, that receiver's room, you get the one big play from Tommy Bush before he goes out with the injury. Deontay Simpson is a non-factor once again. I don't think he got in the game at all. Did he play? He probably Um, didn't play. I didn't see him. Yeah, seems to be a bit banged up. Uh, I'm not sure how serious that is. It didn't sound too serious from what I'd been hearing, but clearly it was enough to hold him out for the first two games. So something to watch going forward. But I mean, they did. They really did put up a lot of good counting numbers. I would say the one spot you could talk about the struggles was just the rushing game. Uh, They didn't really establish that very strongly. I mean, Torrey ends up 71 yards. and then and you get one 31-yard run on uh, end around to Lorenzo Thompson, but not a lot of big plays from the run game. And um, really just the inability to hit on the short little third and shorts, fourth and shorts is really what ended up costing them and stalling out a lot of those drives. Yeah, that's kind of been Seth Latrell's MO too, is struggling on those third and fourth and ones. Uh, I do want to talk about Jace Reuter because Jace Reuter had thir- was 32 of 51, one touchdown, two picks, two sacks. And it's another it's another game where you don't really know. I didn't I don't really know what to do with with it. Like there were both on both those field goals to start the game. He had throws for touchdowns. He had throws on both of those for touchdowns. I think the shorter out route one where he overthrew him. And then there was one to uh, I think it was Jason Pertle on the seam that he overthrew as well. So there yep. were chances for him to put up touchdowns. And if he executes those plays, this we're looking at this game very differently. This game goes a lot more North Texas favor early on, and I don't know if they're able to hang on, but they at least have a much better chance at winning the game. Uh, Jace Reuter, but then he goes out there, and I think he looked really good for a lot of the game. Like, he was putting passes on the money. He has really good arm strength. He's able to hit some tough throws, but when this team needs him, he hasn't been able to deliver and he wasn't able to deliver. I'll say that against SMU. Will that change moving forward? I don't know, but through two games, we've seen him be really good for stretches, but when they need him and whenever it's like, all right, this is a touchdown. You have to make this throw for a touchdown. He hasn't been able to make them. So that that's my analysis of Ruder. Well, and I think some of that inconsistency gets back to some inconsistency in his form because he seemed like he was on his back foot all night long on so many throws. And that ended up costing him on some of the deep balls too, where he'd have a guy open and it'd be a little underthrown, still get the catch, but not the breakaway easy touchdown it could have been. So to me, he's got to clean up on some of those back foot type throws. He's got the arm strength to sort of play that way at times, but it's not going to be a consistent um, thing where he can – consistently hit throws accurately you know going off the back foot like that yeah and I thought the offensive line played pretty well as far as pass protection goes I mean he took a couple sacks but I didn't think all those back um, back foot throws were necessary I didn't think him you know kind of fading away on a lot of those throws were necessary I think that's just him 
just rely on his athleticism, which he's kind of always done and just be like, all right, I could just sling it over there and it'll get there. But it's not just about getting there. It's a, against good teams. You have to be precise on the money. Like you can't mess around here. So um, I, I will say that if I had to grade Reuters performance, I'd probably say like a B. I, I feel like a B is probably necessary. And if he completes even one of those, you know, passes for touchdowns he probably gets up to an a minus or so because i think he was really solid for a lot of the game like really solid. i, I have no doubts in my head he's better than austin on at this point like i really think he uh has the ability to be the quarterback for this offense for years to come he just has to polish it up a little bit no i agree and i think a lot of those issues just come down to the fact that this is really his first serious collegiate action his second start ever um, and he's going to, I think he's going to refine a lot of that stuff. And I completely agree with you. I think he is the quarterback going forward. Obviously we saw Ani for the last offensive possession, but I don't know how much of that was more of a, just make sure Ruder doesn't get hurt or doesn't rattle his confidence even more kind of thing on the last drive, uh, after some of the struggles. So to me, I agree with you. I think Ruder showed enough in this game to give me confidence in him going forward. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Jair Shorter out there making plays. We had questions about the big playability. Uh, but Jair Shorter, 45-yard reception. Uh, Rod Burns had a 42-yard reception. Uh, it's just it's – a, it's a game where you, the offense just looked good, but puts up 12 points. I, I can't I – can't, I don't know if I've ever seen this type of performance from a Seth Luttrell team where they put up so – like they've looked so good but didn't put up points like that. That's never happened. I've seen games where they've sucked and put up no points. And I've seen games where they've gotten blown out, like against Troy uh, three years ago, whatever it was, where they put up 30 against Troy and got blown out because they couldn't stop anybody. But I, I can't remember a performance like this, where I was like, damn, the offense looked good. They put up 12 points. That's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I, the stat you went, when you had it in your recap as well, was it six trips to the red zone, one touchdown, uh, two, no, one touchdown, two, or you, you could, do you know it off the top of your head? One yeah, touchdown, yeah. So the two one field touchdown, goals. two field goals, um, two, two like turnovers on downs and then like an interception. Yeah, that's it. Those are the six. And that's 13 points out of six trips to the red zone. It, that's incredible. That's in, that's well, yeah. That it ended awful. up twelve points because they went for two and didn't get yeah, twelve. It, yeah. That's what it was. My fault. Twelve points on six trips to the red zone is unfathomable. It's awful, and uh, I can't I can't leave this game saying that you know I feel great about this offense because you have to put points on the board. And this is the thing is, and we'll get to the defense in a second. The thing is that makes this really frustrating. I think for North Texas fans is. This was a game you should have had a very good chance at winning with the way that this that y'all moved the ball and the way the defense played. You couldn't ask for this to go any better for North Texas. Like you could you couldn't write this nope. script at halftime. Or if you if you said, hey, we had six shots in the red zone, our defense held them to seven points in the first half, like we put up 500 yards. You hand that script to a North Texas fan. You're like, oh my gosh, let's go. In Dallas, let's 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 take it. And they end up scoring 12 points and getting beat by 23. I, I just, 
I don't have anything else to say on this offense. If you have anything, no, I've got, I got one more thing that sort of stuck out to me in the post game. I got to got a chance to talk with Reuter and I mean, over and over, we asked him three or four questions on what was the issue with the offense, you know, being able to finish drives. And he just kept talking about how it was sort of that red zone mentality and they maybe just didn't have quite the right mentality in the red zone. I don't know how much to read into that, but that's not necessarily a quote you want to be hearing um, from an offense that did get down there quite a bit and, wasn't able to finish. I don't know how much it was the mentality versus some of the play calling at times, but definitely a concerning thing to hear. It's probably both. I mean, Rude is probably mad at himself that he missed a couple of throws there that he could have made as well. So, sure. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. We'll uh, we'll look more into the offense coming up, but I mean, they have UAB next week, and I'll be at UAB, you know I'm not going to count this game against Georgia at all for UAB, but. You know, UAB is going to be one of the best defenses in conference. You say they might have a better defense than SMU. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But let's go to North Texas defense because for, what, two and a half quarters, they looked amazing, I'd say. And then it, the wheels kind of fell apart at the end. I think uh, there was a good quote from Seth Luttrell saying that at some point as a defense, you're just like, look at the offense. I, this isn't what he said, but this is how I'm paraphrasing it. At some point, you look at the offense like, can you, can I get some help over here? Like I'm, I'm over here defending arguably one of the best G five offenses in the country. And the offense just was nowhere to be found. So as a defense, I look like they tired out a little bit fatigued, which still isn't an excuse to me. You know, good defenses, great defenses often carry poor offenses, but I don't think they were ready for that. I didn't, I didn't think they went into the game. Like, all right, we have to shut, uh, hold these guys to 14 points for us to win. I think they were like, all right, if we hold them to 28, we probably win this game. 35, we might even win this game, but they didn't. So you, you can go ahead with uh, where you want to start with on the, the defense. Well, and I mean, just piggybacking off them, uh, sort of, you know, needing some help, getting fatigued at times. I mean, I think the longest North Texas drive time of possession wise was less than five minutes. And a lot of them were really quick, short drives like that, where they didn't have a lot of time for the defense to recover on the sidelines. Plus, SMU was striking quick with all of these big plays. So, I mean, it just happened so fast for the defense that eventually you feel like that's going to add up and, you know, they're going to get tired at some point. And that's where it really did come down to the offense needing to capitalize on those early chances and get seven instead of three. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that. Okay, so it was it was weird because our halftime, uh, Sonny Dykes was, was visibly upset. He went over, they did that little interview for ESPN. He was like, we played awful. You know, we couldn't have played much worse. We, we da, 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 da. And it's true. They didn't, they didn't play well, but I really, I do credit a good amount of that to North Texas defense uh, for really making them uncomfortable and really rushing them in certain scenarios, making them, you know, stress in, in ways that I don't know if they were expecting to uh, rushing Tanner Mordecai a bit, rushing the receivers a bit, uh, I mean, Danny Gray had two drops, I think, in the first half that probably could have been touchdowns or, you know, close to it. Uh, yeah. But again, I'm, I'm going to credit the defense for for a good amount of that and say that they really did a good job speeding up the SMU offense in ways that they didn't they weren't expecting. And they stopped the run in the first half for the most part. Um, I think you you list this as Bentley didn't get going to the second half. And once, you know, in the second half, he popped off a good amount of runs. But in the first half, he was, uh, I, I want to say, I'm not going to guess how many yards. He, he didn't have many yards in the first half. So um, I'm optimistic about yeah, the most defense. of it. Most of it came on that one 85-yard run. Yeah, exactly. So 
Um, that was promising. Uh, if we want to get to specifics, I said this on the Pony Stampede podcast with SMU. Um, the defensive line for North Texas is legit. The Murphy brothers are incredible. Uh, Dion Oville is still a force. We saw a little bit of Caleb Colvin. Uh, is Caleb Colvin wearing number three now? I believe so. He is wearing number three. That was so weird. That, this big dude just wearing <laughs> number three. I was like, Caleb Colvin's wearing number three. What is happening? But anyways, the Murphy twins are incredible. Like legitimately incredible. They they are first team all conference caliber, caliber players. Whether they get it or not, I don't care. But they are legitimately some of the best defensive in, in conference Tuesday. And I've been watching conference Tuesday for a good amount, for a few years now. And there haven't been many defensive events I've seen go against an S, a program like SMU and every single play get to the quarterback a, or impact a run play. Those guys are quick. They're strong. The Murphy twins are going to give North Texas defense a chance in every single play. Dion Noville as well. Dion Noville, I don't think he had a great statistical game uh, just off of watching it. I don't even know if he even recorded a sack to my memory. He had one tackle and the interception. He had the interception that fell into his lap, which was caused by the two Murphy brothers converging on to Mordecai and the ball just falling to Dion Noville. Um, Dion Noville is going to continue to get a lot of attention, but the Murphy twins are kind of like the gasoline to this vehicle of North Texas defense. They just... They just make it go. No, 100%. I mean, that pressure was huge, especially early, I think, getting Mordecai out of that rhythm because there was one play um, they had. Maybe it was Gray. Somebody was wide open on a wheel route for an easy touchdown, and Mordecai ends up missing on the throw. And I think some of that was due to the defensive line really getting in there and rattling him, throwing his timing off a bit, and uh, making him uncomfortable out there. So in that sense, they really did have a big-time first half and – really accomplished the goal going in, which they talked about, which was throwing him off his rhythm some after Mordecai threw for, what, seven touchdowns against ACU in the first week. So, I mean, big performance from the defensive line. I think they were, you know, the best unit on the defense probably by far. Yeah, like I said, they're going to give them a chance in every single game. So that is very, very promising moving forward. I think that's something that's going to stay strong in every single game. The defense line is going to do really well. And they did well against the the run game as well, not for nothing. Uh, The four-man front really did a good job plugging the holes and letting the linebackers fill the gaps pretty pretty easily, which we saw them struggle with a lot last year. Um, In the secondary, I thought the secondary played pretty well as well. You had John Davis, uh, Quinn Whitlock, I was pretty impressed with. I don't remember seeing any of like Upton Stout or anything like that. Uh, but Quinn Whitlock and John Davis, I thought played a pretty solid game. They were asked to do a lot in man coverage for, for stretches, but they held up pretty well. I don't have any real complaints, even though later on in the game, they did start to get burnt. They did, did start to give up big plays, but, um, I'm going to be an optimist and I'm just going to say that that was just kind of, you know, rolling the dice a little bit too much and gambling a little bit too much to try to make plays on the defensive side of the ball because the offense just couldn't do anything. So it was like every time the defense went out there, it was like, all right, well, we better force a three and out or we better force a turnover because if not, then the game is going to be over because they were up like by nine or and the offense couldn't score. So um, solid game from the defensive backs. Um, uh, linebackers I thought were solid as well. Uh, the big plays are concerning. I'm not dismissing them. But this is an SMU team that we expected just to come out and 
just drop 45 points without even blinking. And, you know, seven points in the first half, I think says a lot about this defense. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the crazy stats for me, um, coming out of the post game notes that, uh, the SID sent out North Texas SID was, um, you know, the defense forced four turnovers and, uh, North Texas under Seth Luttrell is nine and O when it was nine and O when they forced three or more turnovers. So this was the first time they had lost under Luttrell when they forced three or more turnovers. I mean, I think that really just sums up how crazy and how unique this game was, how, how different it was from what we were expecting and what you typically see out of this offensive unit, because yeah, to force that many turnovers and get that kind of performance from the defense only to score 12 points and not really be in the game at the end. I mean, just crazy. What a, what a weird game. Just what yeah. a weird, unique game that I, that again, I think North Texas fans have the right to be upset about that. They should have won the game. Like I can understand that most North Texas fans will be like, all right, that's, that was a really promising showing. It's going to set us up well against UAB Marshall, um, La Tech, all those teams. Like if we play like this against those guys, they should be fine. But the thing is, is that you had this opportunity to get a landmark win at SMU, a win that would go down in history, a win that can potentially springboard you into the, the next five games, which we are very, very tough. They can give you momentum. So, yes, on one hand, you know, this is great. It was great that they looked good finally. They, they played well in a good game, in a big game. And that's something that South Trail teams haven't done in, in recent history. But, damn, it has to be – it has to end up being closer than 35 to 12. So that, that's all I'll say on that. If you, uh, if you have anywhere else you want to go with this, I feel like we covered it pretty, pretty well. But um, I don't have – yeah, I don't have too much else – to go here it's almost it's almost 12 o'clock it's time for the nfl to kick off so uh and i haven't <laughs> I, I just did an lsu podcast before this so i haven't ate breakfast i'm gonna go make some eggs uh watch some football i'm gonna i'm gonna be living the good life over over here uh and maybe go back to sleep at some point probably i don't even know <laughs> i don't even know what games are on at this point but we'll, we'll see we'll see um but yeah john uh appreciate your coverage again man you're doing a great job over there uh looking forward to continuing to you know follow follow your coverage um obviously Seth Luttrell and the team will be available on Tuesday uh we will look into that and have y'all covered with all the press conference notes there and yeah subscribe to our Apple uh podcast uh follow us on soundcloud follow us on twitter at mean at mean green 247 follow john at john field zero follow me at matthew bruni underscore and uh subscribe to mean green 247 uh vip become a vip for 30 percent off right now and we're subscribed for the first month for a dollar uh we have more vip stuff on the way so be on the lookout for that as well and thank y'all for joining us